Welcome to the Should A Bit More podcast presented by Go Boys. Coming up on the show today, Kev O'Neill of the Odds Breakers is going to join us. We are going to talk Super Bowl. We will get into some college basketball, some teams he thinks are overrated, underrated, some games for this weekend that he's looking at. So excited to talk to Kev. And this is definitely a transition week. This is going to be a, a weird weekend, a strange weekend. You just you start the football season that really that Saturday of Labor Day going into the following week, that Thursday, the NFL season starts and you have your routine, you have your ritual every Saturday, every Sunday, you do the same thing, watch the games Sunday night into Monday, Thursday games, the games just, it's one after another, especially with the Thursday game. You just, you feel like you never get a break every two or three days, every two or three days, there's a, another game and the season just zips by. And then you wake up this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, there's no football, no college, no NFL. It's definitely a transition period. And uh, we'll spend some time on the game here with, with Kevin. I, I'm not going to make a pick on it until next week. I, I'm just not prepared to make a pick. I'm so conflicted on this game because this game were played six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, 10 weeks ago. The 49ers would be a four, four and a half point favorite. And if you're basing it just on the last month, the Chiefs should probably be favored. The Chiefs have been the better team here for about a month or so. Uh, they've been dominant in the playoffs. They've been dominant against, you could say, maybe some better competition. Maybe the better teams are all in the AFC. That's another aspect of this game. I mean, just take it from Christmas on, the Ravens got buried at home by the Ravens. I know there were some turnovers in there, but look, turnovers count. Didn't really play after that. I mean, the Rams game, the final week of the season, you throw that out. They played Washington, great. Can't factor that in too much. And then they should have lost to Green Bay, and they absolutely should have lost to Detroit. I don't, I can't remember a team playing this poorly and getting to a Super Bowl like without any sort of performance that gives you any confidence. Usually... Not usually, but occasionally a team will get lucky once. But to get lucky twice like the 49ers have uh, is very unusual. Their defense is played so poorly, it's hard to have confidence in them. Again, though, what do you weigh? Do you weigh the regular season where the 49ers were the better team and were the best team all season? Or do you value the recent form? It's a very tricky game. We are now at two and a half. The 49ers minus two and a half, 47 and a half a total. It's hard to go against Mahomes. It's hard to lay points. It's really, it's a situation where I'm back and forth on it. I feel like the 49ers have been discounted a little bit where people are a, a bit of a victim of recency bias. But again, this 49ers defense has been so bad. And you're going to put this bad defense against Mahomes and Andy Reid and Spagnolo with time to prepare. Well, obviously, Spagnolo is the defensive coordinator. But the coaching staff, the quarterback, and you're getting points, those all favor the Chiefs. So, you know, we can talk about this game as much as we want, it's probably going to be close. It's probably going to come down to a call, a turnover, a flag that gets thrown or doesn't get thrown. I would think this would be anybody's game with five minutes to go, eight minutes to go. I'd expect a very tight game. I don't see either team running away with it. Again, turnovers can be the equalizer. If one team is minus two or minus three in turnovers and one of them goes for a touchdown, yeah, the game can get out of hand. But I'd expect a very tight game, a very close game. The other thing, too, is the kicker. I mean, San Francisco got a forty a rookie kicker who's missed kicks in those last three or four games here. Missed a kick to win a game against the Browns that would have won a game. Missed a couple kicks in that game. He's been very shaky. He was great in college, but it's almost like we saw this with it was Aguayo for the Buccaneers a few years ago. They traded up and drafted him in the second round. You pick, and the 49ers picked this kid in the third round. You pick a kicker this high, it almost puts pressure on him to be better than you know he expects to be, or or they they almost press or try too hard where. You know, you'd expect a better performance like this out of Moody. He has not been good. Uh, you, you wonder, game on the line. I mean, I'd rather, much rather have Butker than than Moody. Butker's been in this spot a bunch of times. This is going to be his fourth Super Bowl. He made a kick to 
high the AFC title game in 2018. I mean, Bucker might miss a kick because he misses a kick, but Buck, Bucker's not going to be nervous, right? I could see Moody being a little nervy here. And, you know, it's not Shanahan's nature to go for it on fourth down. So that's another interesting aspect of this game. Should be a great game. It really should be. Mahomes going for his third Super Bowl, which is just incredible. I saw the stat. He's already tied Peyton Manning's a number of career postseason wins. I mean, he's already an all-time great player. He could decide not to play on Super Bowl Sunday, say, I'm never playing football again. He's still a first bout Hall of Famer. I mean, he's that great of a player. Uh, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen, and it's very hard to go against him. So should be a great game. I, I think the Chiefs will move the ball. I think the 49ers will move the ball. I, I would lean towards an over here. I know the Chiefs have been a dead nut under team. But I think this is a good matchup for the 49ers offense. 49ers get their points against pretty much anybody. And we've seen the 49ers have a hard time stopping anybody. So to me, this will be a back and forth game. Just a great game. I'm excited for it. So don't have a great feel for it now. Like I said, we're, we're starting to see some two and a half popped up. It's interesting when it this line opened at Kansas City getting two and a half right after the Lions 49ers game, right after it was two and a half and immediately got bet to one. And I thought, hey, that makes sense. Maybe it'll go to pick them. Maybe even Kansas City minus a point. It's a toss-up game. I would think it'd be a pick em. I'm surprised it's ticked the other way where it's two, two and a half uh, in favor of San Francisco. Again, we're not going to get a three. If it if it, a three popped up, it would be, you know, plus three, minus 125, minus 130. You're not going to get just a straight three. And if it pops up, it's not going to last. It's just too close of a game. There's too much sentiment for Mahomes. And that being said, I was shocked. We saw five with Baltimore, Kansas City last week. I, I didn't think. Kansas City should be getting three against Buffalo. So, look, Mahomes has been a dog these past few weeks, and the line has surprised me. But I'm surprised this line has moved the way it has. I, I can't see it going more than two and a half. The three is just such a key number. I, I can't see this line ticking up anymore. But I'm surprised it's moved the way it has, and I was surprised last week. So who knows? But should be a, a, just an awesome game. I'd be surprised if it's not entertaining, close, exciting. I'm excited for it, but we still got some time. Before that gets going, college basketball this weekend, a lot of good games. So we'll start to turn the page a little bit. We'll do more college basketball. We'll do more NBA baseball, not that far down the road. It's hard to do these shows and discuss college basketball like the, the day of the game. So what we'll do is we'll record these on Friday. We'll talk about the games for the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and give you guys some time to uh, to digest the information. Because if you start, it, it, let's just say we do the show on a Friday and you talk about the games Friday night, there's just not enough time to act on the information if you want to tail along with the picks things like that it becomes stale very quickly so we'll try to do it where we talk bigger picture stuff we talk about games a few days out what the lines will be should be things like that so we'll get into that more with kev o'neill that is next this is the should a bit more podcast all right we are back should a bet more podcast excited to talk to our next guest he knows Plenty of football, college basketball we're going to make him talk both right now from the odds breakers it is kev o'neill kev What's going on, man? Oh, not much, man. Thank you for having me back on your show. And uh, what a great show it is. I've been listening to quite a few of them. You have uh, some amazing guests, and uh, it's an honor to be on with you, bud. You know, it's an interesting time of the year. It's a transition time of the year. It, it, it's exciting once college basketball comes into the forefront and you get to March Madness. This is a little bit of a lull. So we'll talk college basketball. We'll start with NFL, Super Bowl. We're up to two and a half in some spots. Let's just start do's and don'ts of betting the Super Bowl. There's so much to bet on. There's so many markets. I know the public likes to bet a little to win a lot. Just take us through your process and how you bet the Super Bowl. Well, you know, um, there's a lot to digest here. I mean, there's certain props that you know are going to go up. And you don't even have to like a side on some of these. You can just take the ones that you know are going to go up and then just go right back in the middle and just try for a positive EV type middle, right? 
Um, I, I'm assuming Kelsey's props going to go up there. Chris McCaffrey rush yards should go up there. There's quite a few others that I think people are going to focus on. There's still some questions about some injuries still with the Chiefs, but uh, you know, don't be afraid to fire on some of these overs early. Now, there was a year that I kind of I didn't say I got burned. I actually did well in the props that year, but I thought that uh, the numbers would get juiced up. But I think some of the books just noticed they were so high. They didn't move them as much, so I didn't get to try for a middle yet. The only few of them I wanted to get out of, and I ended up doing okay. I think that was the Rams Super Bowl, where the books kind of were keen on it, or at least the market was, everyone expecting a big push. But to be honest with you, you want to just do it carefully. There's a lot of props out there that are absolute garbage, man. I mean, I mean total garbage. I mean, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, just like Christian McCaffrey to have exactly 23 rushing attempts, 10 to 1. Are you freaking serious? 10 to 1 to have 23 rushing attempts? I mean, the dude can have 0 to 35. He can get hurt, you know? There's just so many outcomes there. And there's just such sucker bets. Because whenever you don't see the no option or the under option, you got to check yourself a little bit on these situations, Will. Good point. Would uh, would Mahomes passing yards qualify as the one like, look, nobody's going to, the recreational better, and there's a lot of recreational money with the Super Bowl. The recreational better is not going to bet Mahomes under passing yards. So that's 260 and a half right now. That's probably one that closes high 260s, maybe even 270. You, you kind of agree with that line of thinking? I do agree with it, even though I think the books laid a high number on it. You know, the right. Niners, they have been bad against the run, but, you know, supposedly their pass EPA has been pretty good. And uh, uh, the Chiefs defense is definitely a little bit better than the Niners statistically, especially from a recency bias. But no, they hung a big number because they know that they're going to get more money. So if you like the underweight, and I think that's one that uh, you're going to get a lot of recreational betters on Patrick Mahomes over, especially people that like uh, Kansas City Chiefs and maybe some of the new fans in the NFL. And we'll get to the game in a minute, but uh, like Steve Fezzik, who we've had on, I'm sure you're familiar with, he'll talk about laying a big price. He'll he'll bet the no overtime. He'll bet you know the the fun stuff that people like to bet. Will there be a safety? Will there be overtime? It's always juiced, and sometimes you get a good price in the no. Are you willing to like lay the minus five hundred, minus six hundred on some of those, or it's just too rich for your blood? Well, Fez also bet Purdue on the money line yesterday again, and uh, <laughs> winner, easy, easy winner, <laughs> easy winner in overtime. I'm not like that. I I think there's just it's a Super Bowl. Lots of crazy things happen. It's got longer intermission. I've heard people, I, I haven't been to a Super Bowl, but I've heard from people that it's just a different experience. It's almost just a lot of waiting. It's not even as exciting as going to a Bills game um, on a night time. You know, it's kind of weird in a way. I mean, you feel great about being there. You're pumped up and everything. But the truth is, it's just a different game. And a lot of different things will happen. And there's going to be a lot of plays that are not necessarily in the playbook throughout the year. You know, you're going to see some crazy stuff. There's, I always wait to bet a number of, I guess, players attempting a rush because I could see Nicole Hardman getting one. I could see Depot Samuel getting one. Um, you might see some Philly specials, some flea flickers. Uh, there's just all kinds of just different situations here in the Super Bowl. Um, there's also called something called the octopus. Uh, and, you know, the truth is, is that they see it once, the books will put a number up on it. Um, not necessarily it's going to be a good enough number to hit. But um, the way I like to start is kind of with the stuff that's been working for me in the past. And uh, in general, try to get the popular players early on the over. If you like them, be a little bit careful with the non-popular players. But there's a couple non-popular players that I think have some value. You can get into those if you want before we get to the game itself and who you like. Absolutely. Well, I think I think I think you check. You know, the fullback. Good one. For I I got him over three and a half receiving yards. And the, here's the thing: 
he's always good for a reception or two, especially in the Super Bowl here. And one thing that I pull up to is uh, the box score from uh, their first Super Bowl back in uh, 2019, right? 2019-2020 was the year I believe it was played in. But, you know, you kind of look at some of those stats. I find it really interesting that uh, Kelsey only had 43 yards and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins went out. But Kansas City does not have those two receivers. And especially on the Tyreek Hill side, uh, they're a little bit light in that division here. It's almost like these teams flipped a little bit, right? Juszczyk uh, had three catches for 39 yards. And he was injured a little bit this year. But I believe eight out of his 11 games that he played, he got a reception in. Now, you can bet the reception prop over a half at minus 165, but but I saw the three and a half yards. Usually use checks plays. He's getting eight to 10 yards. He doesn't get screen passed. So uh, I instead took the over three and a half at the minus 105. I believe I got it was either 105 or 115 off the check, but I love that play. I think it's too low. I think you got to move that sucker up to eight, buddy. Plus Purdy. I, I like that play. Plus Purdy, you know, he's been rattled in, in some of these spots. That's a nice security blanket, sort of tight end fullback hybrid player. We can just get some safe throws, some, some comfortable throws and just get a couple of uh, cheap completions. That's a good one. Um, the game itself, man, I'm having a hard time with it. I'll just, I'll let you know what I think. And I'll just, you can play off of that because if you're going off the season long data, like, I don't know if they played a month ago, six weeks ago, the 49ers would be favored by four, four and a half. But since then, like they got killed by the Ravens. They should have lost to the Ravens, uh, should have lost to the Lions, should have lost to the Packers. So San Francisco's performance has dipped so much and the Chiefs have elevated their game. So do you value the season long stuff? Or do you value the recent form? Feels like everybody's picked the Chiefs, but the, move, the line is moving the other way. Take it whichever direction you want to go. Uh, 49ers laying two and a half here against the Chiefs. Man, there's just so much in this handicap, you know, it's just so it's such a great game to handicap because there's a lot of different ways you can approach it from a belief spectrum. Are you believing in uh, experience, right? Are you believing in the coaching and the recency? Because you're definitely going to lean towards the chiefs in these situations. They check a lot of boxes, don't they? You know, and I think that's, that's something you got to be seriously look into, even though Brock Purdy's EPA was number one in passing and uh, Mahomes was ninth this year. I mean, who are you going to take? Mahomes or Purdy? I, you got to give the nod to Mahomes a little bit. But the next few players after Mahomes, I mean, they're all power 49ers guys. CMC, who is the true MVP of the year, I believe. You know, Debo Samuel, an absolute beast. Brandon Ayuk has just been amazing. George Kittle and, and Kelsey, they're not far from each other. I no. think right now, now, I'd probably take Kittle over Kelsey. But for a career, I'd definitely take Kelsey. But, you know, you got four players right there, not to mention all the scheming that uh, Kyle Shanahan has done. So it's just... From a power perspective, you like the Niners, but from kind of a creative handicap as well as the defense, you know, you really go towards the Chiefs. I mean, I take Spagnola over Wilkes any day of the week, but at the same time, isn't Nagy calling quite a few plays for the Chiefs? I thought he threw it a couple times against Buffalo, where he should have been running the ball at the end, and uh, you know, he's holding the play sheet and. Uh, that was a situation where I thought he had a chance he could have blown that game. And yet you got to take Kyle Shanahan way over that. I think Andy Reid should step in a little bit, but you know, it's just a lot of intricacies to this game and nuances that you have to get through. I have the Niners by two and a half points, just based upon a recency and a full season handicap based upon my algorithm. So I kind of go with that. Uh, I, I know that the experience goes with the chiefs, but at the same time, Shanahan's been to two Super Bowls. He's choked one away as the offensive coordinator with Dan Quinn as the coach with Atlanta, as we know, but he also had opportunities to put the, uh, put his foot down against the chiefs before, and he didn't. So it's the opposite that happened. Now this year, he had a comeback in his games, 
maybe he's learned something a little bit here, but I kind of like the Niners, but I got him at a better number when it got down to minus 110, minus 120. So you have played San Francisco on the money lines. I did play him. I didn't see, I did not see the market letting it sit at Pickham too long. Yeah, it's interesting because it opened two and a half right after the, the 49ers squeaked by the Lions. And boy, they squeaked by the Lions. It opened up, boom, two and a half, like a minute after the game. And before you could blink, it was like, it was one. I said, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to pick. Maybe the Chiefs by a point. Now, again, you're dealing with minutia there. If whoever's laying a point and whatever, you could just take them on the money line. I'm sort of surprised this is kicked, kicked back up to two and a half. I don't think this will hit three. Um, I'd be shocked if this hit no. three. If it hit three, it wouldn't last. Is that is that sort of what you're thinking? It's not going to hit three at all I'd, yeah. I, I'd be surprised i think if once it hits two and a half it's going to get more pressure and so you can get back to two i think this two you might see bouncing around but still it should be a flat two at minus 110 by kickoff in my opinion if you like the chiefs isn't it worth it like we these live lines move so much if the 49ers just get the ball first and get a couple of first downs you're going to see a three three and a half live if the chiefs get it first and they go for it three and out you're going to see a three three and a half if you like the Chiefs, isn't it worth it to just probably get the, the full three at some point in game figuring you're probably going to get that number? Absolutely. This game is not the most valuable game to bet from a side. I mean, you can look at right. the college basketball this day and catch a cash on some of those early games that you think might be off. There's no not a ton of value into the side, in my opinion. I think uh, a live betting is probably even more suitable for it. Um, you know, you got to be quick to the punch here, but... You know, the books really know where to put the juice on some of this stuff. And they kind of know what you're thinking a little bit. They'll hang a three and a half at minus 130 or something. You know? And especially when people are trying to hedge, they'll know they know where their uh, liabilities are. And then they'll juice the other side of it. I think books are just really good at that. But sometimes betting the other side of those things at the plus 100, plus 105 on the other side of those heavily juiced lines ain't something bad to look at. Now, it all depends upon what your handicap is and how you see the game going. But yeah, I mean, as a value standpoint, terrible game to bet really uh unless you get a, you got the best in the number uh will you be live betting or are you the kind of guy just during the super bowl hey you're gonna you know have have friends over relax watch the game have a party you're gonna be sitting here you know with multiple apps open trying to get best numbers <laughs> i am certainly not gonna live bet it um i might okay i might look at it a few times but i'll be at a buddy's house uh that i go to every year it's just us our my family and his family no distractions he takes his big tv outside relax smoke some gar- cigars and just enjoy ourselves yeah, that's what it is. I'm going to be more looking at my prop sheets where I have just loads of props uh, uh, lined up here. And that's kind of what I get into. But you know what? I, I I bet it to a point where it's not going to stress me out no matter what. If I win or lose, I've been very successful in the prop betting market over the years. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Don't over bet. Make sure you enjoy the biggest game of the year. You know, don't be worried about it. You know, check out the first quarter, check the first half. One prop I do like, though, even though I don't like them to win the game necessarily, I like the Chiefs score first. I mean, this is just a great situation where, you know how Andy Reid is when he's got two weeks to prepare. That first drive is usually golden. Look what they did to the Ravens, you know. that Their first drive is money with the Chiefs. And Brock Purdy on the other side is the inexperienced side, you know. So I think he's a little bit shaky here. So uh, even if the Niners get the ball first, I can see them punting. Maybe the Chiefs get the ball in the 45, the 40-yard line, get down and kick that field goal. I like first score field goal for sure. And I like uh, the Chiefs score first at minus 106. Yeah, and it's juiced, but you can bet the first quarter. You can take the Chiefs plus a half a point. You can lay like a dollar fifty, dollar sixty. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to outscore somebody in the first quarter. Of course, it can happen, but there's a lot of things when you're getting that half a point, even though it's juiced, man, three, three, zero, zero, seven, seven, or if you're up three, nothing or seven, nothing. Like, there's a lot of ways to win when you get those first quarters plus half. I know a lot of people don't want to lay minus 150, but I don't think that's a bad way to go either. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would never 
I almost never lay points at my first half bets. I always just take the money line because it's the push. Nobody's caring about being up by three points. Right. You know, there is no key numbers when it comes to this stuff, especially the first quarter. Yeah, do not do not lay points in the first quarter. Always take the money line or take a little plus points. Sometimes it's a sometimes it's a little bit better, but you just kind of you have to figure out the handicap and you know how you think this game's going to start. The problem with the first quarter is uh you know, both, both coaches are going to defer here. Yes. The, good the point. It's going to go through the kick's going to go through the end zone and both coaches are going to de, uh, defer. So it's 50, 50, who gets the ball for us at first. It's a great point um, because, you know, some of these teams, green Bay, Detroit, they were taking the ball and there, there were derivative bets from that. Who's going to score first, first quarter, mm-hmm. third quarter. I don't think that's the case here. I would put it 90 something percent. They both do kick off. It crossed my mind, maybe the 49ers, they've been falling behind so much that, hey, we want to get a lead. We'll take it first, but that's probably not going to happen. Both these teams will probably mm. defer. And, you know, going back to the first quarter, if you start on offense, you might have, there might be three possessions in the first quarter. You might get two of them. So if you can get plus a uh, half a point, that's a, you're in good shape. Kyle Shanahan is not going to, he wants that ball. He loves the double dip. He wants to end the ball in the first half and he wants to start it in the second half. There's no way he's going to put his young quarterback out there in the first drive of the Super Bowl. You know, and then at the same time, you know, Eddie Reed's smart enough to not do that himself. You know, he's not right. going to take the first drive, especially when his defense is what wins him the games. I mean, this is just a no-brainer that you defer in this one. You mentioned being at a Super Bowl party. What is on the menu? What's the food of choice for uh, for your Super Bowl party? What do you got? Well, God, I, you know, you got to really go with the dips. I'm a okay. big dip guy. Um, chips, nachos, and just all these kind of dips. You know, I, I like the... Uh, uh, the ranch chips, obviously the popular one, but I, I like the French onion dip a lot. French onion dip goes amazing with chips. Uh, but there's this hoagie dip that has just that wonderful mayonnaise, vinegar, and lunch meat chopped up into little pieces. And you put one of those small breads on that. Oh man, that that is just that's just good stuff. A lot of people have pizza with the kids, and maybe you can steal a piece. But I'm a wings guy. I want some buffalo wings. Um, I, I like it medium. It's not super hot, but actually, to be honest with you, these days, hot's not even that hot for me anymore. But I, I I like wings, just all kinds of options is what I'm talking about. Yes, I and mean, this is the important stuff. We, and you can hear the betting information anyway. We want to know what's on the menu. Uh, last thing on this uh, game before we move on, unless you have anything else, any sleeper for MVP? I know it's, it's primarily a quarterback award, but it's not exclusively a quarterback award like it is for NFL regular season. Is there anyone you worth taking a shot on? You know, Adam Chernoff put this out right away. I like Debo Samuel, and Me I got him too. at 38-1. You know, I mean – Here's the thing. If the Niners are going to make, I, I like Snead. I, I like all the corners for the Chiefs, but Debo always finds that opening and he plays in all the different positions and he runs the ball. Yep. You know, I, I'm, I'm waiting for a total number of players with a rushing attempt because I think Hardman gets one. I think Debo gets one. I think you're going to see some crazy plays, but um, Debo Samuel would get the uh, MVP. I think if he's part of the reason for breaking those tackles, the dude is hard to stop. He's hard to tackle. He is an absolute stud. So at 38 to one, I thought there was a little bit of value there, but the truth is it could be CMC too. I put a little bit on CMC at plus uh, 500 because CMC is literally that team. He's the true MVP for the year. And I kind of think there's a little bit of pity for him um, being that he to make MVP that he might be the MVP of the game. So I kind of like him a little bit too, but the truth is, is Kansas City wins this game. Probably going to be Mahomes. 
I agree with everything you said. Uh, and Debo was 55 to one in a couple books before the title games, which I thought was a great price. Now, look, he was very close to not making the Super Bowl, but I agree. You can get some rushing yards that's detached. That's production. That's detached from the quarterback, which is key. And Purdy's divisive enough. There are enough Purdy haters. Well, all it takes is one or two to be like, oh, it's not Purdy. It's the rest of the team. And Debo has one rushing, one receiving, 100 yards you know, combined, 150 yards combined. I can see Debo winning this award. I can't see anyone on Kansas City other than Mahomes. I mean, look, Damian Williams scored three touchdowns the last Kansas City San Francisco Super Bowl. Uh, Williams scored three touchdowns. Mahomes threw one, maybe two interceptions, and they still gave it to Mahomes. So I, I'd be shocked if anyone other than Mahomes got it. Well, you know how Sneed stopped Flowers and you know knocked the ball out of his hands and all that. Debo's a much bigger, stronger guy than Flowers is. Great you know? player. I mean, if they, they put Sneed on him, he's going to be able to handle Sneed. Probably knock him out of his uh, position. You know, I think I think Debo is a matchup nightmare for this team, and if he was right, he could be an absolute beast. Yep, and I think San Francisco will move the ball. I don't like the way San Francisco's played defense recently. I don't see how you could. So Kansas City's been an under team. I don't know that I like the under here. Do you have a feel on the total? I took the first half under. I, t- I So every year I've been very successful at this. I take the first half under, then the second half over. This year I took the first half under 23 and a half. But I'm not sure I'm taking the second half over finally because I just – that Chiefs 19 and one thing um, to the uh, fourth quarter under is just – it's, it's a real thing to look at. And uh, maybe I nail this first half under so much that the score is like nine to six at half or something. And maybe they hang at 20. And then I, for just because of the way the game is flowing, I would consider it. But to be honest with you, I sometimes I used like last year, I took the first second half under before the game started. I, I had a great number on it. It was like less than 22 I, or something like that. It was ridiculous. But uh, this year, I'm, I'm going to be very careful with it. I might not even do it, but I do like the first half under it. Yeah, and Super Bowls are at least recent history, very slow starting, you know, conservative. But a lot of that was Brady and Belichick, where I think Brady famously for most of those Super Bowls didn't score a point. They didn't give up a point. Like those were all slow scoring, uh, low scoring. Last year was an explosion. These teams have been in there before. I know but Purdy hasn't, but I don't know that we're going to see the slow start here. I, I could see both teams moving the ball here. So uh, I agree with that. Let's move college basketball. We'll get to the games this weekend, anything you like, but let's just start. Who's under? Who's underrated? Who's overrated? Give me one of each. So college basketball, I mean, I love talking about buy low, sell high because you kind of got to approach it like there's teams that are just hitting up high mark and they don't deserve it. There's just there's 362 teams. You are going to find overrated and underrated. You're going to find teams that have been winning a lot and it's time to go flat. I think that's one of the most important things when it comes to handicapping college football is trying not to get on the teams that have necessarily moved a little bit too up uh, or high up, actually. Uh, than their real ranking is. So, for example, I'm going to give you a, a shocking one. I, I think Michigan, believe it or not, it might be a buy low team. Now, I think their coach is toast. But let's see, they're facing Rutgers this week. They haven't, they've won one game since December 16th, and that was at home against Ohio State. But then they played Illinois. They played away at Purdue. They played Iowa, pretty good team in Michigan State. All top 50 teams since then. Now they can finally stretch their legs against a team that can't score. I think that facing them is a great spot to possibly buy in them this weekend. I think they're not 91. I think they're more top 70 team. But if they can get Wisconsin after a Purdue win on Wednesday at home, that could be another sneaky spot to back Michigan. So believe it or not, I think Michigan might be one of those by low low teams right now. 
was not expecting that, man. You could have gave me 10 guesses as to what you were going to say. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought Michigan. That's a good one. Uh, how about the other way? How about over? We've seen Memphis come back to the pack. Now I know the analytics didn't like them and people say, Hey, watch the games, the eye test or this and that. The, the, the Ken Palm rankings have a way of catching up to these teams and, and it has with Memphis here. Uh, but give me somebody you think is overrated. Well, there's a couple. I could go with the one that's going to make everyone mad. Should I do that one? Yeah. Get everyone fired up. North Carolina. Okay, I I don't I know where you're going with this, and and it's hard. To I might disagree. be too late on that because they lost to Georgia Tech. I right. wish I would have been on Georgia, Georgia Tech. I looked at, it, I thought about it, but they have Duke coming up, and most of the efficiency sites have them about a five or six point favorite against Duke. This should be a nail biter game, and Duke is a great road team. But here's the thing: North Carolina is going through a pretty easy ACC. They've had a pretty easy time. I am impressed by their defense. I'm shocked that they're playing some very good defense. But the truth is is that they do have a few holes in their game. They don't get enough steals. They've been very fortunate on the rebounding side. They're a pretty good rebounding team, not a great rebounding team. They play very fast, which is dangerous. And then they're going to have Duke and Clemson coming up. And and be honest with you, Duke and Clemson are the next two teams in the ACC that are relevant, really. I guess Miami's you know kind of there, but uh, Duke and Clemson I have in the NCAA tournament, but I don't have anybody after them necessarily in. I, I think this is a possibly a great spot to bet Duke. And um, if this thing is over the three, uh, like all these efficiency sites are are saying, I'm going to be on Duke. And Duke has had their hiccups before, but they actually haven't lost away since way back in December when they since kind of got it together. So um, North Carolina, I think at seven on Ken Palm might be getting a little bit too high in a very bad conference. Who's the best team? Forget odds to win it all or sleepers, and we could do that version of it. But who's just say, hey, life on the line right now. Who wins the whole thing? UConn. I'm with you. I'm with you. It sucks, really but I, I, you know, it sucks. You have to pick the team that won it last year. But, dude, these guys are serious. I mean, they play everything well. Uh, their offense is fantastic. You know, uh, they had guys come back. Tristan Newton's just been balling out. How about Cam Spencer, man? What a what an amazing ad from Rutgers last year. The, the guy is hitting three after three. He's shooting 43% three. You know, just absolutely amazing. Donovan Klingon, the 7-2 guy being back. This team is absolutely scary. And anything better than 8-1, to one, you should take a look at possibly I agree. win it all. Yeah, it's funny. Hurley was was building this program, and it was like they played good defense. They were tough. They were improving. Ollie was a disaster after he took over for Calhoun for a while, despite winning the national championship. After that, it was just bad. But Hurley, they had no shooting. They couldn't score, and they finally just started to sprinkle in the shooters. They have the great athletes, and man, still can't believe. Like, they were so up and down last year in Big East play. The way they just mowed through the tournament. I mean, very rarely does a team go through a tournament where they're not in a nail biter, where they're not down four at some point in the second half. I mean, they just smoked everybody last year. Yeah, they did. They really did. And, uh, you know, I wish I would have been on them. Um, when they put it to Gonzaga, like the way they did, I was like, this team's winning it all. And that was like leaving the Elite Eight game. I was like, nobody's stopping them. And when you look at the Final Four, you're like, wow, no, nobody really is stopping them. San Diego State and, you know, FAU, a couple of, it was it was just a great situation for, uh, for them. But the truth is they were the best team and they're the best team right now. It's going to take injury or something to knock them off that, uh, top seed, in my opinion. Um, man, you got to really love Big East basketball right now. There's a lot of really, really good teams, and Creighton's going to be exciting. I will say that UConn is coming to a very tough part of their schedule in, in the middle of February. They're going to have Marquette at home, Creighton away, uh, Nova at home in a revenge spot, Seton Hall, and then Marquette away, and then Providence away. So it, it, they're they're going to they're going to definitely get tested. But I, this UConn team would, it wouldn't shock me if they won out. Yeah, and even if they lost a couple of those games, which they probably will, uh, that's that's not the worst thing. Hurley can you know refocus them, keep them 
level-headed and and you know they lost plenty of games going into the Big East tournament going into the tournament last year and I don't even think they won the Big East tournament they haven't won the Big East tournament in a while so that might be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they're motivated to win that one this year but uh last one before we get you out of here just you mentioned a couple spots for this weekend anything else you're looking at this weekend you mentioned Duke you mentioned Michigan anything else that stands out to you yeah this is going to be a great weekend of games obviously we finally have uh no football distractions coming up here right so, oh man, uh, it's a bitter, bitter. The reality hits Saturday, Sunday when there's no games. First time since like early August that we've had no football on the weekend. So, yeah, it's a, uh, definitely a transition weekend. It certainly is. Um, a team that, that I might be on is West Virginia against BYU. And BYU is just a bad road team. They, they change. They're very Jekyll and Hyde. On Haslametrics, their home road splits, they rank 346 away from home. Well, West Virginia ranks 132nd. Now, this West Virginia team has not been good. They're probably the worst in the Big 12, which is a loaded conference. But they had a lot of guys that were injured in November and December. They're just kind of getting their feet wet. You have to remember that this West Virginia team is not new to the upset. They beat Kansas at home, and that was on January 20th, just, what, 11 days ago, 12 days ago? And they just beat Cincinnati at home. Is BYU going to be laying 12 points? Even at eight, I think this could be a little bit too much. I like BYU as a team, but I certainly don't like BYU on the road. And uh, I might be back in West Virginia, so that's one of them. Uh, Another one that I'll I'll tell you, if Houston's going to be favored against Kansas I think the wrong team might be favored in my opinion I like Houston's defense I think the reason that um, Houston is number one on all the efficiency sites is because their defense but Kansas's star uh, Kevin McCuller he sat out last game but this was a rest spot and I think everyone should sniff that out because they're coming into this game and he was a little sore I think that you know, he's going to come into this game questionable. So maybe the line is a little bit better for you. Maybe you get a plus three or something on Kansas at home. But playing at the fog is extremely hard. Houston is a poor offense. They only shoot 200 first, an effective field goal percent at 49.9. If you want to talk about them on the road, they only shoot 47.4% on the road. Well, you got Kansas shooting 58.3% at home. Kansas has the talent. They just kind of haven't put it together themselves on the road. But seriously, Kansas at home, uh, much different team. I expect Hunter Dickinson to have a big game. Big 7-2 guy is going to cause a lot of problems for those guys from Houston. I'll take Kansas to win the game, and I think the wrong team might be favored. I'm with you. I think, boy, it's just so hard to win on the road in college. It's amazing. You talk about home field, home court, and like all these different sports in the NFL. It's like a point and a half or so. It used to be three. Now in college, man, it's just, it, it's hard. I'm sure you have your numbers of, you know, depending on the school who it is, but it's just, you'll see it in Wisconsin, Nebraska, like these teams are just so Jekyll and Hyde based on where the game is. It almost makes you think his home court advantage five or six points, but right. it, it's, yep. it's, it's something you really got to question yourself because there is, the, uh, the the market is telling you that, you know, look at these efficiency sites. Watch. They have Houston by six. Ken Palm is Houston by six or five. It's five right now. You think Houston's going to be favored by five because they, they're giving Kansas three points. No, Houston's not going to be favored by five. They're going to be favored by two or three max. So that tells you that Kansas's home court at least is worth five or six points. Kev, you're the best man. Appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Let everyone know where they can find you. Check us out at theoddsbreakers.com. We also have a YouTube YouTube channel. We're trying to build up at the Oddsbreakers tomorrow at uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Derek Stevens is coming on to discuss all the fun festivities in Vegas at the Circa. So I'm really excited to interview Derek. If you missed that, you can always just catch the podcast version coming up on Monday. But really appreciate it, Will. Love your show. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll do it again real soon. Appreciate it.
All right, that'll do it. Thanks to Kev O'Neill. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back Monday. We'll get more into the Super Bowl. I will get off the fence and eventually give a pick. But until then, enjoy the weekend. See you guys Monday.